Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Zach here. You know me from Fox Sports 980 95.9 FM, hosting the Friday Night Tailgate every Friday at 5, Sundays at 11 a.m. for the love of sports. Wanted to do a little special extra because sometimes just doing a show isn't enough, especially as we're rounding the corner for the NFL season. We got to scratch that itch. You know what I'm talking about. NFL football season. We got minicamp. We got OTAs. We got all that stuff happening from May through July. We need more football. And as we get further into July, we're going to do more and more of these every single Wednesday at 9 o'clock. I happen to be joined by my good buddy, RC. And no, not Ryan Clark, Ryan Calderon. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being the co-host. How are you doing tonight? Zach, we are exactly as of mere moments ago, 57 days away from the kickoff to the NFL season. And if that wasn't enough to wet your whistle, just to go that step beyond like we like to do here on Zach Harris Sports, we are 214 days away from the Super Bowl, and I am ready now. You know what? Uh, I'm already thinking about putting my day after the Super Bowl in. I know it's a little early. I just requested some vacation at work, but... uh, and, you know, that Super Bowl hangover, even if you do start at 830, it gets to you. It definitely gets to you. So, you know, I'm on the same level as you. I'm already thinking about the Super Bowl. But before we get into the Super Bowl, we had a team that's looking to make the Super Bowl make a big time trade as they get rid of their infamous, you know, first time franchise quarterback in you know, 20 years, Baker Mayfield goes from the Cleveland Browns, that is the Super Bowl contenders, to the Carolina Panthers, who, you know, has a young, supposedly up-and-coming coach in Matt Rule, and everything was pointing up and up because he went through Temple, he went through ba- a Baylor, he's a culture builder, so they bring him into Carolina, and even though the roster hasn't quite lived up to expectation. You still had a lot of holes on the defense. They spend a whole draft building up the defense and, you know, they got some offensive weapons there. Can they stay healthy? Can they actually use them without an offensive line? So Baker Mayfield gets to have that second chance, that second opportunity. And I want your initial reaction from this trade, just gut reaction, firing the gun. What was your first thought? Well, the initial thing when you see Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers is that famous Yogi Berra quote, deja vu all over again. Didn't we just see a first round quarterback from this draft go to Carolina a year ago? Did we not give Sam Darnold that fifth year extension? And now if you're Carolina, you turn around the following season and go, hey, we've got Baker Mayfield. We've gone from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker. You know what? Mayfield. And I think we could go through every. Yeah. I mean, we could go through every quarterback in the league, but the fact of the matter is Carolina, you're trying to patch up your boat with flex tape. You can't fix the Titanic with flex tape, gentlemen. (laughs) It's not going to work. It's not good enough. And I think when you stop and examine what they're doing, you're you're trying to take shortcuts you you can't get half pregnant you need to either do a full rebuild or you need to get good now and we're treading water all right so a couple of things into that so uh we'll get into the baker versus sam darnold because supposedly there's going to be an open competition which i 100 agree with but let's get into it you can't slap some tape on the titanic and try to keep it from sinking 
you've seen what Miami did. This is a big year for Tua Tungvaloa. You know, whether he happens to be the answer or not, the franchise decided, all right, the organization goes, this is our quarterback. We drafted him three years ago. We need to know what we have. So let's go out, get Tyreek Hill. We'll grab Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, who was a burner this season when used properly. Um, We'll go ahead and grab four different offensive linemen through free agency, through the draft. You know, they did everything the right way to give the tools to Tua Tungvaloa. Now it's up to Tua Tungvaloa. Can you sink? Can you swim? It's on you. Carolina, you know, you got Matt Rule there. You got the quarterback whisperer that he could be, the culture uh, changer. And you haven't done enough around that team to really help them survive because that offensive line, even though you drafted the kid in the first round, top 10, um, you really haven't done much to upgrade that offensive line. So whether it's Baker back there, whether it's Sam back there, I don't really think it's going to make a much, much of a difference if they can't get the ball out of their hands quickly. And that's just me. That's just me. I don't know about Zach, you. But- let me ask you a few let me ask you a few leading questions. Now, in our line of work, we ask a lot of leading questions throughout the day. I'm going to ask you a few leading questions, and I think we'll both come to the same conclusion. When you take a look at the Carolina Panthers offense, just on gut feeling, I ask you who their number one weapon is. You say? <sighs> Christian McCaffrey. Right, of course. When you stop and think in the year 2020 and 2021, how many gut feeling, how many games would you say Christian McCaffrey's played? I would say roughly 10. Roughly 10? No, sir. Exactly 10. A number I think that we both agree a small child could count to. Not ideal when you're the number one weapon on an offense looking to make a playoff push that happens to be in the same division as Tom Brady. Number one weapon only getting 10 games played. Not ideal. Especially when you stop and think about the position. Zach, running backs... We all know this short shelf life. And once you get to that expiration date, it's not like wine where it gets better with age, baby. Age is like milk you left on the counter overnight. You are just full of analogies. I am absolutely loving it, Ryan. You're bringing the heat in. I I might need some milk. I might start having to do these shows with a cup of milk because you are bringing the heat. And you, you are 100% right. You know, I talked about it on my show on Sunday where, you know, it's a small sample size, but what you've seen with Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey together in that same backfield where you got the quarterback, wide receiver, uh, quarterback, running back tandem, you saw three games of Christian McCaffrey being healthy. Now, granted, he got injured in that third game, but they were 3-0. and Sam Darnold was throwing for nearly 300 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he looked good. Everything looked good. The offense was fluent. And one of the big components of that is – you have that quick dump off to Christian McCaffrey, who is elusive. He can make plays with the ball in his hand, whether it's at the line of scrimmage, if it's five yards away from the line of scrimmage, just put the ball in his hands and let him go to work. And it's unfortunate that Sam Darnold may not ever get to see the light of day with a fully healthy offensive weaponry, because let's be honest, when it came to the Jets organization, that was an utter failure. And I said this to begin with on my show Sunday is if you take a look at the Browns organization and the Jets organization over the last four years, and I know Sam Darnold was with the Panthers last year, but what team has had more success? What team has been, you know, well run over the last four years? And Put away the Browns' history of being that terrible franchise. You just take a look at the last four years, and the Browns have been the better-run organization than the New York Jets. And unfortunately, Sam Darnold didn't get the benefit of having a good organization build around him. And at this point in his career, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to shake those ghosts. The... The ghost analogy is perfect when we talk about Sam Darnold, and it's one of those things we talk about a lot with quarterbacks, and later on in the show we'll get into a discussion about some quarterbacks that need to make a big step forward. When you take a step forward as a quarterback, you're taking that step forward with your team. You're one of 11 guys on the field, albeit the most important guy, but you know, ask, ask Joe Burrow what it's like to try to throw from your back in the Super Bowl. doesn't happen right? You need to have offensive line play. 
ask Jimmy Garoppolo how important yards after the catch are because it makes your stat line look a heck of a lot better. And you could have found that out by listening to Zach Harris Sports on Fox Sports 980 or iHeartRadio. But it's true. You need yards after the catch. You need help. You need blocking. You need receivers that can create those small openings you can throw the ball into that can take the top off the defense. And Sam Darnold has never had that. I'm going to ask you point blank. Is Baker Mayfield an upgrade over Sam Darnold? Point blank. Baker Mayfield, albeit damaged goods, isn't nearly as damaged. Here's what I'm going to say. And I agree with that sentiment wholly. But if you are having an open competition, which everything around the organization says that they're having an open competition, and you have Baker going versus Sam Darnold. Now let's go back to the draft. You know, albeit four years ago, who was expected to be the number one quarterback taken? It was Sam Darnold. Who was expected to go way later in a draft? It was Baker Mayfield. If you take a look at, you know, arm strength, the body build, the typical protocol of a quarterback, Sam Darnold beats Baker Mayfield night and day. Arm strength, accuracy, athleticism. If you're talking about just practice, and that's what we're talking about when it comes to an open competition, just practice, I think Sam Darnold's going to look a heck of a lot better. Now, when it comes game time and the game situations, I'm not quite sure how it's going to go in an offensive line that's that bad. But as far as just looking throughout practice, Sam Darnold's got all the physical traits and tools of a prototypical NFL quarterback, and that's going to make it even harder for Baker Mayfield to go ahead and win this competition. And then the last thing that I'm going to say before I pass it back to you is the fact that if Baker Mayfield was their guy, if they were really hooting and hollering in their office trying to get Baker Mayfield, I'm going to tell you this right now. It is a quarterback-driven league. You need a quarterback to win in this league. And no matter the cost, if that is your guy, you go ahead and get him. The fact that they waited so long and they waited for the price to go down, like you go to a store and you just keep waiting for that price to go down on that you know, famous dress that your girlfriend wants or this or that, you wait for that price to keep dropping down lower and lower and lower. That's what they did for Baker Mayfield. And that right there tells me that they're not even fully all in on Baker Mayfield because they were only willing to pay less than $5 million worth of his salary. Baker had to take a pay cut. The Browns had to pay $10 million, And they're only giving him a fifth round, a conditional fifth round that could be a fourth round if he plays 70 plus, uh, 70% of the snaps. So that right there tells me that they aren't even fully in on Baker Mayfield because guess what? The average backup quarterback is going to make roughly what – the Panthers are going to end up paying Baker Mayfield. So who knows how true of an open competition this is. I do love what the Panthers did, but what they did, their actions speak louder than words, tells me that they're not fully buying all in on Baker anyways. Carolina has gone from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater. They bring in Sam Darnold. Now they bring in Baker Mayfield. The common thread in all of this is that they don't have an answer. If you have two starting quarterbacks, you have no starting quarterbacks. If nobody takes the job, it's because they're not good enough. If they were sold on Sam Darnold, they wouldn't spend any capital getting Baker Mayfield. And the thing about Baker that makes him dangerous in this competition is that the man loves having a chip on his shoulder and loves playing with his back up against the wall. His best performances are when nobody's buying in and his worst performances are when we notice that he's playing well. And if you want to go under the spotlight and you want to be underrated, Caroline is the place for it. You know, we all talk about how Baker Mayfield. The big question I'm going to have here in Carolina is it's he played through injury last year. Nobody believed in him in, in Cleveland at the end there, they go out and they get a, the questionable replacement off the field, that is. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see how he responds here in his second stint. What I'm more interested in right now, Zach Harris, week one, Carolina starter. Who is it? How long do they keep the job? 
that is the big question, and I don't think that's a question that's going to be answered until late August. Late August. And remember, the preseason is no longer four games. It's three games. And we used to remember if there's any any preseason game you wanted to go to, it was preseason three. You know, half of the start of the starters played for the first half, and then that's it. You know, that was their main game. Now with three preseasons, it's basically one, two, and then the third one's a dud. So it really is going to come down to. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do we get the answer by that third preseason game, or are we still dragging it on until early September when it's time to click and kick the game off? When you look at the preseason for Carolina, there is a ton of pressure on Matt Rule. His seat could not be any hotter heading into this season. I think if you're going to watch one team's preseason football, Carolina's not a bad option. (laughs) Too bad they weren't doing hard knocks for uh, Carolina. That would have been something spectacular to see this season. What would you pay to sit in that quarterback room just for one meeting? I would give basically anything but my first child to go ahead and see what what's in that QB room. The first time Sam Darnold makes a mistake and Baker Mayfield gives him a look, like, I wouldn't have done that, buddy. What's your problem? You know, and the one thing that people like to point at, and I, I'm not – I like stats, but I like stats with contacts, you know, I always say stats are like bikinis. While they reveal a lot, they don't reveal everything. So if you just look at the stats, you know, you, you're an NFL fan of the Eagles or the Giants. You don't watch Jets games. You don't watch Browns games. You don't see what's going on on a week-to-week basis with these teams. So if you just look at the stats and you say, all right, you know, they've both thrown over 50 interceptions since 2018 – Both of them are top two in the league since 2018 with most interceptions thrown. But Baker Mayfield has 90-something touchdowns and Sam Darnold only has 50-something touchdowns. That doesn't tell you the whole story. That doesn't tell you the fact that Baker Mayfield, who helped the Browns break their streak of um, missing the playoffs and winning their very first playoff game. By the way, Baker Mayfield is the last quarterback ever to win a playoff game in Heinz Field, just letting you know that now because it's no longer called Heinz Field. So there you go. Add that to his little resume. But that season, that magical season where they went 11-5, and they were bottom five, bottom six in passing, whether it was passing attempts, passing yards. They were bottom six. They really leaned heavily on the run game. And that's when Baker Mayfield is at his best is when the run game's getting going because then you got the play action, you got the short little passes that you can do, but really you're relying on the run game to churn it. You know, you get those third and mediums that really open up the playbook and you don't necessarily need to pass it or go for a deep pass and you can get the ball out quickly. So the context in here is really what matters. And I think behind an offensive line like this, I am curious to see how well Baker Mayfield can perform behind a Carolina Panthers line. When let's be honest, he was given more tools than any rookie quarterback that I've seen come in the league within the last handful of years, unless you happen to be that special guy like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen didn't really come into a spec, a special situation, but they built correctly around him. So I would really say Patrick Mahomes and maybe Lamar Jackson are the only two quarterbacks that, as of recent memory, have had that right build around them immediately from day one, like Baker Mayfield has had. When you take a look at the stats in a vacuum for Baker Mayfield, last year, statistically, his worst season was also the season in which he was injured, in which things in Cleveland went the worst. And I would make the argument, perhaps incorrectly, 
that the worst season in Cleveland is a pretty normal season in Carolina. And if you take a look just side by side between Sam Darnold last year and Baker Mayfield, if you removed the names, almost indistinguishable, right? Pretty similar completion percentage, both at about a 60. They both had 13 interceptions, albeit Sam Darnold managed to accomplish the feat in fewer games. Congrats to you for winning that little competition. I'm happy for you. They also had, admittedly, their worst QBRs. The difference is, is when you expand that out, Baker has a better track record long-term because his first three seasons weren't as bad. Now, is injury part of that? Is maturity part of that? Is Odell Beckham Jr. being on your team part of that? We'll find out. And it's hard to believe not to. You know, everything in your mindset tells you Baker had everything around him possibly imagined. He had every shiny toy. He's like that firstborn child, that only child that gets every single thing that they lay their eyes on. You know, you got two Pro Bowl wide receivers. You got one of the most athletic tight ends in the league in uh, Najoku. And then if that wasn't enough, they tried to bring in Austin Hooper to run more two tight end sets. You have two number running, uh, number one running backs that are all pro, all NFL running backs in the backfield that could start for any other team outside of a handful. You know, he had everything given to him. They had a great offensive line, and they draft one of the best offensive linemen two years ago, and they just continued to add pieces in the Cleveland Browns organization on the offensive side and the defensive side. And Beaker had every opportunity to you know, not only carry himself in a certain way, but lead this team to higher expectations and uh, raise the bar. And everything that's been heard outside of the rumors is that Baker had immaturity issues and he couldn't lead a locker room. He didn't get along with people. And when you're looking at the Carolina Panthers, you got a bad offensive line. You got some great weapons. You got DJ Moore. You got Robbie Anderson. You got C uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then you got Chuba Hubbard back there as well, backing up Christian McCaffrey. You're going to want to get along, especially when you're on a new team. You're going to want people that are going to try to help you and build you up and play hard for you. Because if not, you're in for a long season. And when it comes to leadership, Sam Darnold, it, he may not be great on the field. He may not have been performing great on the field. But I'll tell you right now, everything that I've heard about Sam Darnold is he is a great kid off the field. He was the first to reach out to Baker Mayfield. That's exactly why Robbie Anderson went to bat for him because they had that great connection. He's a great guy. And it wasn't, no, I don't want Baker Mayfield. He stinks. It's no, I love what I have with Sam Darnold because I had that built chemistry with Sam. And I don't want to have to start all over. So just wanted to really quickly touch on that. But everything says that Sam Darnold should win this, but something tells me you don't trade for Baker Mayfield for no reason. It's a great point made by you, Zach. Absolutely fantastic. You don't go out and buy a new car if you're in love with your current car, right? Mm -hmm. It's also worth pointing out that they did spend a third round pick on a quarterback, Matt Corral. So that quarterback room is full. We shouldn't forget that. I do. I would love to know Matt Corral's opinion on this. I think it would be interesting to get an impression from that organization on, hey, you spent a third round around a quarterback. You spent a lot of capital bringing in quarterbacks. You also, let's not forget, last year brought Cam Newton back. Do you think he could stick with one of these guys for a little while? And the guy that I feel the worst for, and obviously, you know, from the fan point of view, not myself in particular, but a lot of fans, they're like, how could you feel bad for an athlete? They get paid all this money. They play a sport that we all know and love. But I feel bad for P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker has been through the rigmarole. Uh, he spent some time on the Colts practice squad. And when he did, that ultimately gave him a second chance. He was tearing it up in the new league until ultimately they folded. He was the MVP of that league. Jumps on to Carolina, makes a couple of starts. Yeah, he's got way more interceptions than touchdowns, but he's a veteran guy. He's been through it. He understands what it takes. And, you know, even though you may not be able to play the level in the NFL, what do they always say? 
you know, you don't need to be the greatest player in the NFL to be a great coach. So for me, PJ Walker is just a great mind that you would want to somehow try to keep inside of that quarterback room. If you can, even if you can stash him on the practice squad for this year, you do not want to let a guy like PJ Walker go. I think the best thing that could happen for PJ Walker is to be handed a plane ticket the heck out of town. I would go to Seattle. I would go to Houston. I would want to be nowhere near Matt Rule. I would want to be nowhere near anywhere near Carolina. I think the guy's been overlooked. We remember PJ Walker as this, you know, exciting athlete. And it's like, Carolina couldn't pick him up at the bus station, couldn't pick him up out of a lineup. I would love to see him go somewhere else. No matter what, he should be somewhere else. He should be in somebody's quarterback room because, like I said, he's a veteran leader. He's a smart guy. He's somebody that you want to have around because if he ain't doing it on the field, he's definitely helping those who are. So that's somebody that you definitely want to keep an eye on. Now let's move on to the next topic, and this one is and handpicked for you. Um, you got your little avatar there for good reasons. This one's handpicked for you. We were talking about it the other day and you said it's a spicy take. I'm sitting here saying this is a flamethrower take. So go ahead and throw out what you told me the other day. Those of you that can see it, if you don't recognize her, I'll tell you who she is. I am currently using as my avatar, Zach Wilson's girlfriend, Better known to some of us as Lisa Ann. If you don't know what she does and you're not at work, go ahead, give that a quick Google search. Come on back to us. Get caught up with the rest of us. But I am Lisa Ann because Zach Wilson not only has phenomenal taste in women, but I believe in the AFC East, he is poised to take the biggest step forward this coming season. Now, I don't mean he's going to be the best because there's only one guy sitting at the top of the mountain. His name's Josh Allen. But when we talk about taking a big step forward, I think Zach Wilson is in the best spot to do that. I think he's got the least pressure on him to do that. And I think he's poised for a really big breakout season. Some of you incorrectly may think that this is to his time to shine. Bear with me a few moments. Hear me out. I'm going to bogart the conversation for a second. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Let me educate you. I'm an educator first and foremost. Tua Tungavailoa has by far the most pressure in Miami, right? He's almost lost his job, if the rumors are true, to Tom Brady, to Deshaun Watson. They are not in love with him. No way can you convince me that down there in Miami, if they look at every pretty girl who walks by, they ain't in love with you, buddy. They're not sold on Tua. We've all seen the video come out online of him struggling to throw the ball to its fast, take the top off the defense, wide receiver Tyreek Hill. I think as we get further into the season, if Miami has a start this year like they started out last year, where things start to slide downhill, where there's wins don't come quickly enough, that volume's going to get turned up notch by notch by notch by notch rather quickly on, what's this guy doing here? He was the exalted one when he came in. And very quickly, I think that that narrative's going to turn on him and he's going to crumble under the pressure Whereas Zach Wilson down in New Jersey has significantly less pressure. It's a Jets team that had, in my opinion, the best draft. And every year we get further away from Adam Gase, they will get better. (laughs) So far, Zach, is there anything on that that you find preposterous? I'm going to touch on the Tua thing. And Me saying Zach Wilson isn't going to be the most improved quarterback in the AFC isn't a knock on Zach Wilson because I do think coming out of BYU where the competition was less and he's got to acclimate himself to the NFL where everybody runs a 4-4-40, 4-5-40, even the big 300-pound linemen are running a 5-flat-40. You know, he's got to get used to that game speed 
And you've seen it at times where he tried to force a ball into a tight window that wasn't really there. Late throws, he tried to work on that. You know, he got better throughout the season. His last handful of games as in a Jets uniform last season, I thought he made tremendous progress. And they went out, they got him a weapon. He's going to have another year in this Kyle Shanahan light offense. They have a great head coach in my mind. I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach, but he's a great leader of men. I know that for a sure fact because he helped in Seattle. He's helped in San Francisco, and he's going to help build that right culture in uh, New York Jets town. As far as most improved, it has to in my mind. And this is no knock on Mac Jones either. I think by default, it either has to be Zach Wilson or Tua Tungavaloa. In my mind, it's Tua Tungavaloa for the simple fact that... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We go ahead and get him a lot of help. You get Tyreek Hill. You got another year, Jalen Waddle in the league. You have... Cedric Wilson, you bring back Mike Jaseski, you bring you, your whole offensive line has basically been removed and replaced. You gra- drafted the kid out of Notre Dame in the second round. You bring in the kid from the Dallas Cowboys who went healthy as one of the best guards in the league. You bring in Greg Little from the Carolina Panthers. You grabbed a bunch of guys. You grabbed four different guys on the offensive line that are going to make immediate impact. Now, I don't think this offensive line is going to be great but they're going to be a hell of a lot better than what they were last year. You pair that with another Kyle Shanahan light offense. You know, this is, this coaching tree is growing by the minute from Kyle Shanahan. We all love that Kyle Shanahan offense because it has designed plays in specific routes where you know where to go with the ball. It makes it easy for quarterbacks. It's a quarterback friendly system. And the fact that Zach Wilson's in it, for year number two, and that Tua Tungvaloa is going to be in it for year one, those are great things for those guys because it's going to help define and make things easier for a quarterback. Uh, the zone run scheme, that's going to help. The zone blocking scheme is going to help up front. And then in my mind, when you have a Tyreek Hill, when you have a Jalen Waddle, when you have a Cedric Wilson, when you have uh, Raheem Moister in the backfield, you have some of the fastest guys in the NFL, Tua, You don't need to throw the ball 60, 70, 80 yards down the field. Just get the ball in these guys' hands. It's going to be open. They're going to design plays to get these guys out open and get yards after the catch. One of the big things that Kyle Shanahan does is get wide receivers in the best position to succeed. Same thing's going to happen here. You bring in that guy, Mike McDaniels, the guy that was the offensive coordinator there. You bring him in as the head coach, and that's going to help Tua tremendously. Not to mention the fact that, you know, as we get further and further away from Tua Tungvaloa's devastating hip injury in college, he's going to get healthier. His hip's going to get more fluent. He's going to be able to move better. And if you watched him at Alabama, I'm going to tell you right now, he had Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and Henry Ruggs right there, his top three uh, wide receivers. Those are all burners. And not to mention, I didn't even mention Henry Ruggs. He had four burners when he played at Alabama. He never, he never underthrew those guys. And I wouldn't say never because never say never. But most of the time he got the ball right where it needed to be. He understood, put it in your playmaker's hands, let them make plays. And then when the deep shots were there, we all remember the championship game against Georgia, the second and 26, that deep ball to Devonta Smith. He hit that right on the hammer. He hit that right on the head. And that's why Tua Tungvaloa, as he gets further and further away from this injury and he gets more excited about this offense and more intrigued about this offense and learns this offense a lot better, it's going to be easier for him. And in year three, although he has the most pressure, he has the most help around him. Now, Your Honor, the Honorable Zach Harris presiding, Sir, let me present you a few more pieces of evidence here in the trial of Tua Tungavailoa that might change your opinion. 
when you take a look at the Jets 2022 draft, and you and I, although admittedly I don't remember everything about that night due to some poor decision making, I do remember us texting and deciding very quickly that the Jets had a fantastic night one, and then they backed it up the following evening. You take a look at big-time wide receiver out of Ohio State. We're going to pick up Sauce Gardner for our defense. We're going to get a running back to help our young quarterback. They pushed their chips into the middle of the table and said, Zach Wilson, we're going to support you. We've got you. Now, it's not enough to have the pieces. You've got to find somebody to play with. I'm going to read you, if you can humor me, two different schedules, both taking place in the month of December. I want you to tell me who you'd rather face. You could face, ready for this, Minnesota, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle, or you could face San Francisco, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Bills, the Packers, and the Patriots. What sounds more enjoyable to you? I'll take number one, please. You would be taking Zach Wilson's month of December, and I would venture to guess that you'd have yourself a very Merry Christmas. Now, that's all fine and dandy. You, you still got to really teams. see high noon. Mm-hmm. You still got to play these teams like. They're, they're any given Sunday. That That's my quote, any given Sunday. Now, obviously, there's teams that are dead in the water, but, you know, you're going to get year two of Dan Campbell. So I don't – I'm not ready to give up on the Detroit Lions. I do think Jared Goff is a serviceable quarterback. I'm not going to tell, tell you he's a franchise quarterback, but he's a serviceable quarterback. I do think that Dan Campbell is going to have these guys fighting hard. You know, one of the first games of the season they did play against the 49ers last year and they were getting blown out of the water. Next thing you know, you turn your head back around and it's a one-score game. So this team is going to be fighting. They're going to be battling. So it's any given Sunday for me. Injuries happen. Things happen, especially in December. We can't look that far ahead because injuries do happen. Um, As far as schedules go, looking at it right now in the middle of July, I would absolutely take that December for Zach Wilson, but either way, both both quarterbacks, especially Tua Tungavaloa, they have to at least show you something this year. You know what, Paul? I think Paul, to your credit, and and I will I will absolutely concede this point. I think Tua, as a full body of work, has has the better has the better season. I, I will not argue with you there, sir. But my my argument that perhaps I'm making incorrectly, I, I think Zach makes the bigger step. And if we're talking about making steps forward, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I think Mac Jones either fails to step forward or might, you know, might be sacrilege. I, I don't want to freak anybody out. Patriots fans, go ahead and tune out and then tune back in in a few minutes. Uh, I think they're due for a step backwards. We've seen uh, Patriots assistance come and go, but we don't see that on the offensive side of the ball. And I think when you look at Mac Jones, he doesn't have enough supporting cast around him. And he's made, possibly he's lost the biggest piece that he could possibly lose and losing his his offensive coordinator in Josh McDaniels. So we're spending a lot of time talking about these two quarterbacks and ignoring the other two in the division. And the reason is we know who Josh Allen is. And quite frankly, I think Mac Jones is due for a big time regression. We all know Josh Allen is top five quarterback. So unless he somehow blows away and becomes unanimous MVP this year, um, I don't think he can outleap any of the other quarterbacks for biggest leap from one year to the next year. Um, That being said, let's open this up to a bigger discussion. So let's not keep it with the AFC East. Let's go in a bigger discussion with year two quarterbacks. So you have Mac Jones, you have Zach Wilson, you have Justin Fields, you have Trey Lance, you have Trevor Lawrence. Who is the guy that makes the biggest year two leap 
And who is the guy that has the most pressure to make the biggest year two leap? When we talk about pressure, I think Mac Jones, who made the playoffs last year and, and has to deal with a spoiled New England Patriot fan base, you know they love to chirp. If things start to go south, ah, Brady would have won that game. Ah, Bills lost his touch. He loses McDaniels. He doesn't have it anymore. I think there is going to be pressure on him. Conversely, and I know I've said this to you off air. I'll say it again here. When we talk about our sophomore stud quarterbacks, I think Trevor Lawrence, as far as I'm concerned, might as well be entering his rookie year, and he's getting ready to bust out. All right. I'm going to sit here and say, I don't know if Trey Lance can make a big jump from year one to year two. There's so many unknowns with Trey Lance. I personally am a Trey Lance fan. I'm kind of a homer. I did buy a Trey Lance shirt. I ended up giving it up to my 49ers friend for helping me out around the house. I didn't even open the shirt. I gave it right to him because he helped me around the house. So that being said, if we can count that, if we can count Trey Lance year two from year one leap, I think it's going to be Trey Lance because he's got the great organization around him. He's got the quarterback whisper that makes things a lot easier for the quarterback. He's got the weapons. He has the defense. So even when he messes up, he turns the ball over. That defense can get that ball right back for him. That defense can give him short field advantage, things like that. You know, it, it makes it a little easier for a quarterback when not every single drive has to be an 80 yard drive. They got a lot of great weapons there, so it makes it easier for him. That being said, I think the pressure is going to mount not only on Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan as well, because if you start Trey Lance, you know, even though this is his first time really throwing the ball in three years, he's only thrown 100 passes in three years, you really need him to step in and be play mistake-free football. You know, compared to these other teams where, yeah, they're building the right way. And yeah, the Patriots made the playoffs last year, but that's a stacked AFC. Nobody's going into this season expecting the Patriots to make the playoffs. They are going to be fighting for the playoffs. You look at the NFC, the 49ers are expected to make the playoffs. They're not fighting for the playoffs. They are expected to not only make the playoffs, but be fighting for the division. And yes, I understand that the Arizona Cardinals are in that division. And I understand the defending world champions, the Rams are in that division. But when you have a good team built like that, when a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, you know, an above average, I would say top 20 quarterback in the league can bring you to the Super Bowl, and then you're going to replace him with a guy that's thrown 100 passes in three years, you need him to play good football because if he doesn't, the world and the 49ers nation is going to start to crumble on him and not expect him to go through those bumps and bruises of a normal quarterback in their first year of starting. It's a fantastic point, Zach. Quite frankly, I couldn't have said it better so i won't try i will move on i will concede that point to you i want to ask you about a different sophomore justin fields what are we expecting this season just survive <laughs> i mean that's the best way i can put it uh they went out and traded for the kid from uh the patriots who i did have high hopes for i i know the arizona state wide receivers are hit or miss uh, I did like Harry. I thought he's a big receiver. If used the right way, you can get him some uh, touchdowns, some red zone touches. I thought if you use him the right way, he'd be well used for an offense. Um, they don't have much in Chicago. It's kind of that cupboards is bare type of team on the defensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. They bring in a new general manager, a new head coach. And unfortunately for Justin Fields, I don't know if he's ever going to get the – not short end of the stick to say the least for lack of a better words he he's got the short end of the stick there's no way ifs ands or buts he's in a paper bag that somebody rolled up and lit on fire and left on your front porch and he's got to find his way out it's the most unfortunate situation we talk about our sophomore stud quarterbacks that Justin Fields finds himself in i mean Trevor Lawrence last year had the worst situation but now he gets Doug Peterson you know, new coach, new year, new me. He's going to eat a ton of ice cream. He's going to throw a ton of balls. 
and his stud running back's going to be in the game. Big upgrade there. And his coach's hands will not smell like low tide. Two thumbs way up. I expect big things. Like I said about the Jets, every year they move further away from Adam Gase. They will improve. I like their head coach. I like their culture. I think they're heading in the right direction. Mac Jones gets Bill Belichick. Enough said. San Francisco is tricky because you have such good pieces. But like you said, there's a ton of pressure and there are going to be expectations that you have to meet. You know, if they trade away Jimmy G, all eyes on me, you got to ball out. They're pushing their chips in on you. You're going to have to ball out. Justin Fields, quite frankly, man, Chicago doesn't have the weapons. They don't have the culture. You, you're, It's like draft bust in a can, man. Just add water. It's not a good situation. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's like adding fuel to the fire and then walking away expecting something good to happen. That's exactly what you get with Justin Fields and the Bears. Um, I'm with you. If I had to rank these guys and who's going to have the best uh, season from one through five, I'm going to have to sit there and this is going to be tough for me. And I know you're probably going to disagree with me and maybe this is the Homer pick in me. Maybe this is seeing all the physical tools and traits of Trey Lance, but I'm going to go with Trey Lance. Number one, Trevor Lawrence, number two, Zach Wilson, number three, Mac Jones, number four, and Justin Fields, number five. And I'll explain real quickly. So Trey Lance has all the tools and traits to if he can get down to Kyle Shanahan offense where he they literally highlight routes and where to go with the ball. And if it's not open, Kyle Shanahan believes that he didn't call the right play. If that, that happens, if he can get that part of the offense down and then add that special play workload that he has where he can escape the pocket, where he can make plays with his feet and then add that downfield throwing something that they haven't had in the whole Jimmy Garoppolo tenure. That could be something special there. And then number two for Trevor Lawrence. I know a lot of people haven't watched Jacksonville Jaguars games and probably for some good reasons. You know, they had a shitty head coach there last season. Uh, He had to deal with that. One of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, Some terrible weapons. uh, Misused running back. Another running back that was out for the season. You know, but through all that thick and thin, you've seen some spectacular plays from Trevor Lawrence, some type of throws that I would say only five to 10 QBs can really make in this league. I've seen them come from Trevor Lawrence, some on the run, some in the pocket, some moving up in the pocket. I think he's done a great job as far as that goes. Um, And then number three, Zach Wilson, I think being year two in that Kyle Shanahan light type of offense is no doubt going to help him in his progress. I think he got a taste of medicine where he realized this isn't BYU anymore. This isn't this soft conference where I'm going to play Coastal Carolina and all these other teams. I got to play with the big boys who are coming after me every single day because our livelihoods are on the job right here. And with that being said, they went out, they got some weapons for them. They added Breesy Hall, who's going to help tremendously in the backfield. They added Garrett Wilson, who's a guy that can take any ball to the house. So that's going to help tremendously. And then Mac Jones, why he's fourth on my list is because Bill Belichick is really going to keep it the way that he had with Tom Brady. Don't mess it up. Let our defense do the work. Make the plays when we ask you to make the plays, but really just don't mess up. So with that being said, even though they got some deep ball receivers there, even though Mac Jones can throw a pretty deep ball, 
they're not really going to open up the offense as much as they should this year. And I think maybe a little too late, they'll realize that they do have to. And hopefully that can change the way we look at Mac Jones in year two. And then lastly, but not leastly, Justin Fields. It just, it's not Justin Fields. It's a situation around him. Fantastic point, Zach. Once again, on the ball. And if you want to hear Zach being on the ball more, go ahead, search Zach Harris Sports on iHeartRadio. Go ahead and take a listen. Now that we've got that out of the way, I think the big problem with Mac Jones, to your credit, is if there's any quarterback that's going to get handcuffed, it's going to be him. Bill Belichick isn't shy, and he doesn't mind handing off the ball every down and only letting that man get three attempts. Quarterbacks don't grow that way. Nope. It, it's just not It's not a situation. If you want to be like Patrick Mahomes, Bill Belichick might not be the best coach for you because he's not going to give you a ton of opportunities to show that. If you're not showing it in practice and you don't show it consistently in the game every time he asks you to do it, he's not going to ask you to do it. He's going to dial it back. He's going to play conservatively, and he's only going to give you a little – itty bitty glimpses that never give you that opportunity to show that you're the top dog. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So we do have a comment from Ryan Loomis here talking about when does Pickett start for the Pittsburgh Steelers? What week do you think he starts? I'm going to let you lead off on this one. This is a conversation just, you know, a little behind the scenes for us there. We did talk about this a, a little bit. Uh, before we got going, I think Mike Tomlin doesn't turn to pick it immediately. I think he'll, he's the type of coach, been around the block a hundred times, hasn't had to do a big quarterback transition yet. However, I think he's going to err on the side of being more conservative, giving Kenny a lot of time to watch, get ready, get ready. Now, I mean, if Mitch Trubisky goes out, lays an egg against Cincinnati week one, lays an egg against New England, Thursday night against Cleveland, I don't think he'll want to lose to Cleveland. If you're going to pull out all the stops, that's where you do it. More realistically, if I was going to put him in, Sunday, November 13th against the Saints, coming off of the bye week, coming off of a big L against, sorry, a big L against the Eagles before the bye. I think I would play him at home against New Orleans. You know what? I like that. I like coming off the bye week. That's typically when you would hope to see a quarterback sit and learn. And then that bye week, especially if you have, uh, I would say, a softer team on the schedule. I'm not going to say the Saints aren't are terrible, but a softer team on the schedule. That's usually a good breaking point. I think the more I thought about this and I told you maybe Kenny Pickett wins the job right off the bat. I would love to see it. The hometown hero spent his whole career in Pittsburgh, got better every single year at Pittsburgh college. And now he gets to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it's one of those headlines in the making the story writes itself. As far as that being said, You know, if it was any other coach, I think Kenny Pickett has a good chance of winning the job outright in training camp. But with Mike Tomlin being secure and not only who he is, but where he is in this organization, never had a losing season under his belt. Um, Clearly, he's there for the long haul. They've only had three head coaches in, what, 60 years. So clearly, he's ingrained in that team. So he doesn't have to worry about his job. So he doesn't need to feel the force of starting a rookie quarterback because he's fighting for his job. He can start the veteran. Those guys right there on the defensive side of the ball, they were tremendous last year. They're going to be tremendous this year. TJ Watt, the defensive player of the year. They got Minka Fitzpatrick back there, a great defensive mind, whether he could play slot. He could play defensive back. He could play free center right in the center field out there. He could do it all on the defensive side of the ball. He is a can opener. You can use him for anything, anywhere. Um, 
So you don't need to start the rookie right away. I would like to see him start right away. I would love to see the hometown hero talk, the headlines that write themselves. But with Mike Tomlin being where he is with this organization and wanting to win and having a team that could potentially win now, he's going to go with the veteran guy. And that's not to say Mitch Trubisky can't get it done. I apologize. Mitchell Trubisky. I think there was a thing that said, don't call me Mitch. Of course, call of me course. Mitchell. So Mitchell Trubisky, you know, I do think sitting a year behind Josh Allen has helped him. I do think if we take a look at that Bears organization, all the dysfunction that they had, he still helped lead them to the playoffs. He still had, you know, some decent years in Chicago. Obviously, you know, taking that year off probably helped tremendously. And I think it's his job to lose right now. I think Ryan Loomis, to answer your question, the best way possible, you have a, a, a world-class head coach, a world-class organization. The fact of the matter is Kenny's going to start when the time is right, and you can rest assured that when he does get that start, it's going to put him in the best possible situation to win, brother. Absolutely. You, I couldn't have said it better than myself. Uh, like I said, you know, quarterback, a rookie quarterback, you don't want to mess this up. We've seen some of the best quarterbacks sit – at least half of the season, if not more. So a recent memory, Patrick Mahomes, he played one game his rookie year. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he came in halfway through the season. It, it's better when these guys can sit and learn and let the game come to them, realize that this is a different animal, learn all you can from a QB room. And having Mitchell Trubisky there, whether you think he's a great quarterback or he's a bust, He's a guy that's been there. He's done it. He's been in the live action. He's been in the playoffs. He's going to help be in that quarter room, quarterback room every single day, and that's going to help a young guy grow in itself. Just having a young guy with Mason Rudolph there, with Mitchell Trubisky there, you got guys that have been in the league, that have played at the level, You know, maybe not to the highest of levels, but have played at the NFL level that really can help you fine tune your game. So when it is your time, when it is your opportunity to be called into the big leagues and play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'll be ready, at least from a mindset point of view, a mindset where you know what to do, the game plan and what's asked to you to go out and just play. The best possible situation for a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett to be in is that when things are tough, you get to turn around and look Najee Harris right in the eye. (laughs) It's such that guy's broken so many tackles. It's a fantastic situation. Honestly, it it, it couldn't be a better spot. You know, I mean, we we look at all these guys. it's, It's just, it's ridiculous what a classy organization it is. And just to give you guys a little insight uh, as a New York giant fan, I would have loved a transition like this, but I got Danny Dines. <laughs> you know, we can get into that subject on another time, but I'll I'll touch on it real quick. Danny Dimes, I like the athleticism. I like the tools. I like the big arm. I like that he can throw on the run. He just, it wasn't a great situation to start out with. They were still in that is Eli still the answer? Do we need an offensive line? Do we need just a weapon? Blah, blah, blah. You know, let's draft a running back instead of Josh Allen. You know, I wanted to go Josh Allen. They wanted to go Saquon Barkley. You know, we'll leave that for another day. (laughs) You know, some of the things that you can blame on Daniel Jones is that you see him consistently make the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. It's one thing to not be playing well and have – a bad support system around you or Jason Garrett, a boring play caller where, you know, not anything creative, not anything to get the ball in the open field, things like that. But when you're making the same stupid mistakes over and over again, you really have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is what I need to fix. This is what I need to do. Let's get better at it. And that's all I'm going to say about Daniel Jones, because I do like the tools and traits of Daniel Jones. I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to put it together higher than a top 25 quarterback. And and like you said, Zach, uh, it's something that maybe we get into later. We could do a full two hours on the NFC East and 
not cover everything, but when you just in a vacuum look at the transition that the Steelers had from Big Ben versus the Giants had from Eli Manning, it's a it's a complete roadmap on what to do versus what not to do. Don't hang on to your aging quarterback too long. Don't go all in to try to win when you don't have the pieces. Don't take a running back that high. Don't spend money in the wrong places like, oh, I don't know, Nate Solder. Don't don't have a terrible roster around your aging quarterback and then throw your rookie to the Wolves. Pittsburgh's not going to do that. And maybe this year they're not the class of the AFC North. But ask me again the following year or the year after that, and we're deja vu all over again, right? <laughs> Pittsburgh's going to be back, and, and I think Kenny Pickett's the man to do the job. I 100% agree. With that being said, Ryan, you got anything else to add before we go ahead and call it a night? Because we do have some work in the morning, so we got to get up and early and get at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to break the it to you. Last thing I'll morning. leave you guys with. Yeah, I had forgotten. Yeah, we don't do this full time. The last thing I'll leave you gentlemen with is this. Thank you so much for watching. Genuinely appreciate your support. Zach, you are absolutely fantastic and you do a wonderful job. Every second that goes by, we're closer to that first kickoff. And every morning you get up is another morning you can check off that calendar getting ready for football season. Boys, it's going to be a good one. Guys, I appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so yet, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the follow button. Follow us on Twitter at Zach Harris Sports, so Z-A-C-H-F-S 980. Right there, follow us on Twitter. We'll follow you back. Like us on Facebook at Zach Harris Sports, on YouTube, Zach Harris Sports. And as always, have a great night. We'll be back next Wednesday at 9 p.m. with more sports talk. So enjoy your night, everybody, and I appreciate y'all tuning in. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.